I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 274 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this week, this episode, I should say, we have one of my patrons, Mr. Jeremy Weltman, Mr. Patron's Pick, on to discuss hard rock and metal. It's what we do. (laughs) You know, I've had people often tell me that they love listening to the shows that I do with my patrons because it's like growing up and listening to people just chat about music. So that's uh, what we're going to do for this episode. Uh, I apologize for missing last week. Came down with some throat issues that you may or may not be able to notice. It depends if my voice drops out during this and how bad it is and whether I have to re-record or not. But uh, yeah, I was really struggling with my voice. Was the only thing that felt out of whack. Everything else was fine. Took several COVID tests. Was negative on all of those. And I was fearing that I was going towards a throat infection, but uh, was able to pull out of that nosedive. And thankfully, I'm doing great this week. Glad to be back recording this for you guys. Uh, Just want to mention that we're switching things up. With the shows, with the live stream more than anything. Um, I had tried doing like a pre-show on Fireside. And it just hasn't been able to spread the way that I wanted it to. Um, The Fireside platform is really cool. But it just seems like, like with everything else, and and I understand this. um, They need big names. They need to pull money in and make things happen. What I wish they would have done was feature like the indie show of the week or something like that. You know, do like a rotating thing where you're featuring Jay Leno and all these big names, but at the same time you're featuring, you know, an independent show like mine, for example, because my show ended up being a few people that would just jump in from time to time. And it would be Johan in Sweden be Brad Dahl out in Utah and would be Jeremy in the UK. And I would do new releases and then they would come on and talk about different topics. So I'm switching this up so that now the Signals from Mars live show is going to be two hours. The first hour is going to be what the Fireside show was. Um, and then the second hour we'll have a guest. So tonight, for example, the show's going to be ask the host. And what I'm going to do is the first hour, I will talk about new releases and those that are patrons that want to be involved in the first hour, I will be posting that link within Patreon. The idea is to do this every Friday. So if you want to be involved in that first hour, and just chat about different things. Obviously, you can do so through the chat, or you can join me yourself. If you're in Patreon, you can hop on board for that first hour. So we're, we're, we're changing things up to do that because there's just a lot of technical difficulties with Fireside. It took like a month to resolve something with echoing with the shows. And then... Um, there's just, it's difficult to sign up. You need to have an Apple device. Then they have to approve you. Then if somebody that that's approved through you, um, starts any trouble, then they can kick you off as well as that person. There's just a lot of stuff and and I get it. They want to keep it a troll free environment, but it's almost like everyone is guilty before, (laughs) you know, before being brought up on trial instead of, Hey, just let everyone try. And those that are trolling just automatically get kicked off and their IP, you know, they, they search their IP and they're never allowed back in. 
Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patron's Pick. Hello everyone, I'm back with another Patron's Pick. It's summertime, we're almost halfway through the year, can't believe that. And there's been a lot of good albums released so far this year. There's going to be many more, hopefully, during the rest of the year. And there were certainly a few decent ones that came out over the past week. Uh, so a few of those that I'd like to uh, put in front of you this week. There were some good songs on the Supernova album by Nova Twins. That's got a little bit of a sort of sumo psycho feel to it. It's kind of a heavy pop rack, rap record. Um, uh, I suggest really listening to the song Toolbox. It's a kind of Spice Girls alter ego type song. But if you're not into that sort of type of music, there, there's plenty of other stuff this week. There's a, a very respectable classic rock album from the Norwegian band Jørn, uh, Jørn Landers band. Uh, the album is called Over the Horizon Radar and it's on uh, Frontiers. Uh, there's also some Swedish power metal from the band Civil War, um, formed from former Sabaton members, of course. Uh, it's a very strong album. It's on Napalm Records, and that one's called Invaders. I also recommend listening to uh, another Swedish band, this one called Soul Syndicate, which has an album out called Into the Flames on Scarlet Records. It's their third album. There's some real chunky riffing on there, some really great vocals, uh, and quite a number of really good songs on it as well, topped off with uh, very solid production. Uh, and finally, before I pick uh, this week's uh, pick of the lot, there's also some nice female-fronted rock from Chaos Magic with Emerge, and that's also on the Frontiers label. Well, this, week, this week's patron's pick was not hard for me to, to pick out from the rest. It's the debut album from the supergroup Iconic. This features, wait for it, Tommy Aldridge, Marco Mendoza, Michael Sweet, Joel Hoekstra, and they're all joined by Nathan James um, on vocals, the uh, the Inglorious singer. The album is uh, it's debut. It's their debut album. It's called Second Skin, and it's also um, a Frontiers release. As you can imagine from all the players, it's full of classic heavy riffs. Uh, there's lots of bouncing bass, crashing cymbals. Uh, and if you like Inglorious or White Snake or, or just about any sort of 80s hard rock with a modern production, this is definitely the album for you this week. There's 11 songs, there's 47 minutes, uh, plenty of melody, soaring choruses, uh, and what, what I'd describe as a tightly knit bundle of very well-mixed, well-produced stereo blasters. Uh, of course, it might not be breaking new ground, this kind of album, uh, but sometimes the familiar is, is very comforting, uh, and certainly this was. So this week's patron's pick is Second Skin by Iconic. There you go. Jeremy's patron's pick is the new album by Iconic, uh, just released on the 17th, so a little over, no, a week ago, not a little over anything. Um, so yeah, a, a super group that, um, that once again was put together by Frontiers. A lot of big name players here. <sighs> yeah, love the music. My problem is that I'm not a fan of Michael Sweet's voice, but uh, but I get it. 
I know that I'm an oddball. Uh, I think that Michael Sweet, from the interviews and from people that I know that interact with him, seems like a really cool dude, but just, I don't know, just like you don't like other voices. That's just a guy whose voice has always been difficult for me to, to get into. I don't know why. I've tried plenty of times, but anyway. Thank you, Jeremy, for patron's pick. Jeremy, obviously, we'll be back <laughs> just a little uh, because he's the featured guest on this episode. Uh, I do want to dedicate this episode. I'm recording this on June 24th. It would have been uh, my best friend growing up, Mr. John Cucaro, uh, would have been his 47th birthday. If I'm doing the math correctly. No, would it be his 48th year younger than me? I'm sorry. I'm going to be 49 uh, in in uh, October. But um, yeah, he died uh, back in the year 2000. was a huge loss to back in the year 2001. I'm fumbling all over this stuff. I apologize. A uh, huge loss to myself and anyone that knew him. The kind of person that, um, you know, uh, everyone claimed that he was their best friend. He was that good of a guy. So. so this goes out to him. Would have loved to be able to play some Def Leppard for him, his favorite band. But, uh, you know, I kind of did something a little different there with sampling a little bit of Iconic. Hopefully we don't get into any trouble with that. But, uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, Happy birthday. Happy birthday in the sky. There you go. Anyway, I want to send a shout out to my patrons uh, because, you know, these are the guys that support me regardless what I do with the various projects here. Um, in alphabetical order, uh, my brother Art. Uh, we have Anthony Mackey in Ireland. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson. Excuse me, Ed the Shred Ferguson. My voice is still. Kind of shitty from last week's uh, throat issues. Uh, let's see. Johan up in Sweden, who went to Sweden Rock. And hopefully we'll get to talk to him about that in the near future. Metal Dan. Out there in California. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have from the Chris and Amanda show, Chris Vaglio. We have the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. We have a Mr. Yarg Metal. Mr. Brad Dahl, we have our Mike Jones, once again, Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Waltman, Steve Hoker, <laughs> something funny that Jeremy said during Trivia Tuesday this past Tuesday, because every time that I hear you mention Steve Hoker, I just think of the Vinnie Vincent song, Twisted, it's Twisted Steve Hoker. And uh, last, and definitely not least, Mr. Steven Saylor in Pennsylvania. Hope you guys are all doing great. And I thank you guys for your support. And I thank all of you guys for checking this episode out, listening in, and uh, wanting to hear me, and in this case, Jeremy, talk some music. So, yeah. Cool. So, um, every Tuesday, just remember, we do have Trivia Tuesday. A fun little half hour with about 15 to 20 minutes of questions normally. It's 10 questions, multiple choice. You could play on your tablet, smartphone, or computer on Twitch. And I try to make things uh, themed sometimes. For example, this week I did the stadium tour. So there were a rotating batch of questions from Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett, or things that are related to each one of those bands. Every week I try to do something different. Sometimes I don't have time and I repeat some of the uh, quizzes, which uh, seems to work because a lot of these guys that play week after week seem to forget the answers. So, I mean, no studying involved. And, you know, we're all music nerds and music geeks to our own degree. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, Trivia Tuesday is a lot of fun. So, if you can, join us, won't you? Anyway, we're going to hop on into this interview with Jeremy Weltman.
Welcome one and all to Friday, the Friday, June 10th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMR IT web design and audio editing and all that great stuff. Hello to Jose in the chat and hello to my guest, Jeremy Weltman. How are you, Jeremy? Yeah, hi, I'm really good. Really good. We've had a lovely day here in the UK. It's been really sunny today. Yeah. Feeling good. Same here. It was great weather. Got my uh, 90 minute walk in in the morning. Was plenty happy to be able to do that. We've been talking back and forth. You've been trying to get tickets for something tomorrow. Yeah, I was trying to get to download festival tomorrow. I tried over the last few days to get a ticket. I couldn't get a, a ticket for Iron Maiden. I think it's going to be sold out which is uh, a bit of a shocker. But then again, we've had COVID. It's Iron Maiden, and it's a lovely day. So all those factors are playing together, and I think there's going to be a good crowd there tomorrow. I think the capacity is around 90,000, so it's going to be big, and it's going to be very difficult to get across the field for those who are there tomorrow. So I'm not going to be there, but I'm hoping maybe I'll see Maiden if they come touring around the UK. I think they'll probably come around next year early next year. They normally announce it after the download's finished. I know they're, they're, they're going on a you know a longer tour at the moment. I think there's 60 dates and they're, they're sort of heading off to the US as they usually do. They, they go one date after another. So yeah, I'm going to miss download, but I mean, and there's some other good bands on as well. Megadeth are on tomorrow. I think Black Label Society are on tomorrow. There's a good, there's some good bands on. They've got three or four stages there. So it's going to be fun. And I, and I did look at the, the set list as well, because I know we've been talking about will they play many of these new songs? And I looked, and, and actually the first three songs are off the new album. So they start off with Senjutsu, which is obviously the opening track off the new album. Right. And then they go straight into Stratego or Stratego or what, however you pronounce right. it. And then they play, oh, what's the one after that? The third one. Film the Wall, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So they play those three, and then they start playing the hits. Ah, okay. which, which I think is fair enough. You want them to play, or, or they should be playing a couple of tracks at least off a, off a new album. And we all like Stratego. So that's a great track to, to listen to, I, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that track. But the rest of, more or less, the rest of Stool Jitsu I could do without. Is that what you call it now? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can thank uh, Dr. Poison on that one. After Book of Stools, he brought up Stool Jitsu. So that's... <laughs> That is how it is referred to in my household. So I've even got my kids calling it that. I, th I think it's a strange album because I, I didn't like it at first. I was very much in your camp, but I've mm -hmm. changed a lot because I've been playing a lot in the car because I've got a CD version of it. Right. And I've actually been playing the second CD more than the first, the longer tracks. And I'm actually really liking them. So I think you just need to play it. It's like many things in the rock world. You need to give it a little bit of time, let it stew, give it a chance, and listen to different parts of the tracks. Because I've been listening to the bass and the drums are knitting together, and the sing-along bits as well, the choruses. And I think it's a pretty, it's pretty good. I'm starting to like it. All right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, I have tried on a few different occasions. And thankfully, for example, Death of Celts will not be uh, played from what you're saying. <laughs> uh, we have Brad Dahl in the chat. Jeremy, maybe you just got to let your stools stew. There you go. Brad is counting the days, the hours, the seconds down till the end of the year when he retires. And I'm kidding. He is, he is in training now, training his replacement, supposedly. So. As if someone could replace him. Let's be honest. But yeah, what you're saying about download is something that we were talking about like before we went live is that there hasn't been a download in three years. Yeah. So couple that with the fact that it's maybe the first download in history where there's the fields aren't muddy. It's really nice out. It's not raining. So it's like the perfect storm all of a sudden. So between yeah. months the other that's probably why they've been able to sell out i also i'm also not sure because some of these festivals and this is something we'll talk about when we talk or when we discuss ozzy in a little bit some of these festivals i'm assuming didn't give refunds so it's possible yeah. that yeah. some 
these tickets are from people that had tickets three years ago. Couple that with people that have bought tickets now wanting to to see a big festival. So it probably wasn't that hard of a sale. And then like you're saying, Maiden Kiss and who's the third headline? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. It's uh, Biffy Clyro on Sunday. Okay. Biffy Clyro, yeah. a band that is huge in the UK and nowhere yeah. else. It was funny when they came out. They're the next Nirvana. And I remember hearing them. There were all these comparisons to Nirvana from the image to the music. And I remember hearing it and I'm thinking, it sounds nothing like Nirvana. What the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the Sunday shaping up to be a, a very much a younger person's bill, I would say. Right. Whereas um, they, they know that the older crowd will go on the Friday and, and the Saturday and, and they've gained it. But there's a nice mix of bands. You're actually slightly wrong. Last year, there was a download, but there was a, it was a limited audience download. They had about 10,000 people there. Uh, oh. And they also, I think they only had it on, uh, I may be wrong, but I'm sure they didn't have it on the three days. It was maybe right. one day or, or two okay. days. Um, yeah. And they didn't, there weren't many, there weren't, there weren't big headliners either. So, you know, they kept it all small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the headliner was Bring Me the Horizon or something like that. It yeah, was, yeah. And I think you're right. It was. I think it was only like a one-day event. Mm. But, um, yeah. Yeah, cool, though. It's neat to see that these festivals are back. We'll see how many people get sick. <laughs> because even today, I was looking at uh, Facebook and seeing John Astronomy posting how it was his first time out of the house since Creature Fest. And he essentially said, do the math and you'll understand why. So apparently he got COVID down there and spent mm -hmm. five days home, basically. So, yeah. And Brad is saying that Sweden Rock is happening right now. We're going to have Johan next week being our Sweden Rock correspondent, hopefully, telling us about everything that uh, went down. Hopefully he didn't he doesn't get COVID as now, of course, all of these events, uh, potential super spreaders. But uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe I've dodged a bullet there. No, I'm not going to get COVID by not going tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got to look at the silver lining. I, I did get COVID from Bloodstock last year, actually, to thinking about it. See that? Yeah, so there's a lot. There's still a lot going on. Also, I just mentioned Ozzy. Now, Ozzy's going to have an mm. operation on Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's saying that it's a, a life-altering operation. Now, here's my train of thought, because we've seen... For example, uh, Tobias from Ghost has mentioned how a lot of bands are using COVID as an excuse to cancel show, shows that aren't selling. So here's the thing. Is this Aussie operation a way of them getting out of that tour? Because they haven't given, they haven't given people their money back. No. Um, which is that's some shady shit if you think about it because if you've got if you've had people's money for three years now you've collected some sort of interest <laughs> you know yeah yeah there was it's optional you can roll over the the concert in my case i i actually got my money back after the second or third cancellation because I was quite certain that Aussie was never going to play again so i i wanted my money back and then they decided they were going to you know change it to to next year i i still feel that he's never going to play live again i think i think judas priest know it they were supporting aussie as well so that right. they've gone up and done their own thing and and I, it's a strange thing because sharon said today or yesterday whenever it got posted that like you say it's just a life-saving operation and then aussie said recently that he needed an operation on his neck to right. to help him to walk he's also had he's been having physio every day so that he can try and walk but he says he can't walk for very far or very long so he can't he can't stand up at concerts and he's obviously not going to be like axel and, and sit in a chair and and do a do a show phil collins yeah yeah it was okay with bb king because it was blues and he was he was in his 80s yeah it's i just think that obviously he's bringing out a new album we're all going to be looking forward to that it's finished right. and and it sounds like it's going to be great but I, I just feel as a live act, we're never going to see Ozzy again. And who really wants to see Ozzy again? I saw him on the Black Sabbath Farewell Tour and he was fine and it was great and got to see all the hits. But 
I don't want to see a, an old man who's struggling, who's very unwell on stage. And that's why I don't want to see Aerosmith at the moment. A similar thing, we've got, we've got Steven Tyler in rehab again. These guys are all hitting their 70s and it's going to be a struggle. And why would you pay a lot of money to see someone who's not in their prime when we've all seen them in the prime and they were fantastic? And that's the thing. Recently, there was a report that a lot of these bands are essentially taking advantage of their fans because they're uh, the rock community has the most expensive tickets, especially these classic bands who for some reason are charging a lot more than, than younger acts to go out. And I guess for a lot of them, they don't know if it's their last hurrah or not. So they, I guess they, they want to cash in while they can. In the case of Ozzy and most of these acts, I have no issue with them stopping to to do shows and just Ozzy just wants to release an album every two years. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've got no mm-hmm. problem with that. But but who knows if it's if he's getting operated on his neck and a lot of these operations are fifty fifty where could end up worse than how he is now. Who knows? He may not be able to sing ever again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he doesn't owe us anything. And at the end of the day, we've, he's been brilliant through Black Sabbath and through his, his solo career. You know, I was playing a bit of Ozzy today. I've got the No More Tears album on, on a picture disc and I put it on and I was just listening to it and thinking, this is great. I love this album. And that we just have to remember how great they were in their heyday. Right. Uh, and, if he, and if he plays again, if he does, if he proves us wrong and he gets better and he has one last hurrah, that's fantastic as well, yeah. as it is for all these all these bands who are, who are getting on a bit. I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. Let's see. Brad is saying he's younger than Eric Bloom of Blue Oyster Cult, who struggled mm. for about 20 years and now is singing really well. Who knows? Yeah, yeah but, good is point. That, is that a case, though, with Eric? You, Brad talked about the fact that Richie Castellano, I think is the last name, has a lot to do with Blue Oyster Cult in 2022? Does it have to do with backing vocals helping out? Or is he maybe getting help piped in? I don't know. A lot of people don't realize this, but these bands, before they go out, they record some of their rehearsals. So in the event that they can't, and this has always happened, this isn't anything that's new, where a band will record rehearsals. So if there's an issue with a PA or a mic or whatever, they can. He's 77. It was him. Okay. Where they have something to go off of. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that Brad may, may pull me up on this, but Eric probably hasn't had the same life that Ozzy's had. Yeah. And he doesn't get on a quad bike when he's in his late 60s and fall off and break bones. And, and he probably hasn't had quite as many drugs as Ozzy. <laughs> so that's, you know. well, that's the, that's, <laughs> thing with most of these guys is that eventually all the shit they've done catches up to them yeah and ozzy's lucky that he's lived as long as he has because he has been able to afford the best doctors and he probably hasn't done a lot of shit that other people have done lemmy for example did speed and coke Till up until the time he died, he got very lucky they didn't die off the coke sooner. But yeah, I think I read something about Lemmy where he said that the doctor had told him to to cut down the alcohol. So he said, uh, I, "I've decided I'm not going to drink vodka anymore. I'm just going to drink bottles of wine." <laughs> so right. he, but it's basically just carrying on, but with a different type of poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ozzy's years are not the same as our years, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's Brad, a true thing. Could you imagine receiving a call from Ozzy saying that he's ingested something? <laughs> um, at that point in time with Ozzy, knowing his history, whatever it is that he could say that he's in that he's taken in, would that kill him? Or is it he's gonna die but not from that? What do you think? <laughs> Tell me, Dr. Poison, tell me. Yes, let's see. Also, this is something that I'm going to ask in Patreon. 
This is Ozzy won't die from poisoning. He is immune. There you go. It's quite interesting about rock and roll deaths because we're getting onto that with us. I don't know if you remember, but the name's just gone. The bassist out of UFO. Come on. Um, Pete Way. Pete Way. Pete Way. It was ironic that Pete, after all what he ingested and went through, didn't he fall down the stairs? I think he, he died after falling. He, he fell down the stairs, I think. Um, but it's the same sort of a thing where you have a lot of people that are 70s and above fall downstairs, break their hip and never yeah. recover. And a case yeah, no. like that where he was, his liver was. Uh, yeah, it's been bad yeah. for a long time. So yeah. it, you've already got, it's with a lot of these COVID deaths, a lot of it is like that too. There are other underlying health issues, which is what. Yeah, what yeah I, read his, I read his book as well, Brad. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's a fun read. Really great read. The other thing that I mentioned today during the podcast, I brought up the the whole thing with Kiss with the show in Antwerp. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to post about this in Patreon. But at what point, because Kiss has enough fans that there are a lot of people that regardless what they catch them doing, they're still going to yeah. back. So at what point do you decide I'm there for the show and it doesn't matter if they're live or not because I just yeah. want to be entertained. And yeah. at what point are you like, fuck these guys, I'm walking out. Because we know that a lot of bands are doing this. Kiss is doing it. Def Leppard is doing it. Motley Crue is doing it. Aerosmith is doing it. There's a lot of bands that we've seen that I've had piped in backing vocals for years, but now have a good majority of their shows pre-recorded. So ask, I'm asking you, which, at what point do you decide, you know what, I'm not going to see them just for the show, or yeah, I'll see them because I want to see that spectacle. Yeah, I've been tossing this one backwards and forwards myself because obviously I see a lot of live music. And at the end of the day, I when I paid money, I want to see a good show. So mm -hmm. that's the first thing, first and foremost. I want to see a good uh, stage show. I want to see, I want to hear good music and I want it to sound good. The problem is, I think when fans make mistakes like this and it, and it becomes an issue, we all start, start talking about it. But I think if we know that it's going on, but we're not aware of it when we actually go to the show, then it doesn't really matter because we all think we've been to a great show. And if you think about it, when, when a band does its warm-up, when it does the, the pre-show, when it's just warming up and just... Uh, you listen to any band and, and they, they don't sound particularly fantastic. They sound okay. But obviously they get a lot of help to play live. Whatever, they get, whatever help they get to play live, I think enhances the experience for anyone who's going to the show. And right. I've been to see Def Leppard, and I know that they, I've known for a long time that they've had help with it because it right. sounds very perfect. You, you can just tell that, that because it's a very sonically in-your-face kind of show, which mm -hmm. would, they, they wouldn't be able to do that if they were just playing live. Five guys on instruments can't make that sound, and they certainly can't make that Almost, it's almost like on a record when you see Def Leppard live. But right. having said that's what what people want to see when they go to a concert. So I, I'm very ambivalent about it. I think I can see there's a problem when they make a mistake, and then you think, oh God, they're lip syncing to it. That's not good. Or <laughs> you know, they've made a mistake, and suddenly you can hear it when they're not actually mouthing it. But I don't really care. I don't really care. I want to see the band up there, and I don't care if they're miming. You've got to bear in mind that in the old days on a, a program like Top of the Pops in the UK, most of the bands were miming to their own tracks, but we were still enjoying seeing the band up there and watching them act it out. At the end oh. of the day, it's, it's theatre. But, but one of the things, just to finish off, one of the things that I would say about it is I don't like it when bands lie about it. So if, say, Gene Simmons is saying that we never do this, and we never enhance any. I think that's wrong. I think that if a band comes in, comes and says to you, we do this, we enhance it, we use you know all the electronics we can, we use backing vocals a little bit, we, we have a guy backstage who plays a bit of guitar to help out, you know, a bit of rhythm guitar, that's fine. 
that's fine as long as I know about it. Yeah. Think about this with Def Leppard. You're hearing Joe Elliott six times during every chorus. So for mm. them to flat out and say, oh, we have no backing tracks is utter horseshit because they've had these monstrous choruses live since the 90s. So they've yeah. been doing this shit for years. Technology has changed so that it's probably a lot easier to do. But back on the Hysteria tour, instead of having somebody hit a button to do it, they had it on tape. Now, from what, for years, I've heard rumors from other podcasters that have been backstage and have said, yeah, they're running 32 tracks live. You yeah. know, they're, they've got all these layered you know, vocals plus layered guitars. And because in the studio, when they recorded a certain song, it sounds a certain way. And then when you hear them live, it sounds different. Here's your perfect example. You have Metallica playing Sad But True, which, okay, sounds somewhat like the album version. But if you listen to the album version, there's nine guitar parts. So mm. obviously live, it's, only, it, it's them only doing two guitar parts. And they're the first band to really, their their shows like three days after they were performed, warts and all. So that's a band that doesn't care because they're there to give a different kind of experience to to their audience. And obviously it's a different type of a band. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I get that as well. Yeah, I, I don't know because I'd love to be able to take my kids to see Kiss just to say that they got to see that spectacle. But at the end of the day, I know that it's not going to be anywhere as near as good as some of the legendary shows that I've had on bootleg for years or that on VHS or Blu-ray or DVD. And I'm fine with that. But also because I haven't seen them, and I've seen them twice live. I haven't seen them 80 times to where I, I have a big issue with that. Yeah. And I'll play devil's advocate a bit. If you think about it, you we there's a lot of classic live albums that we all like, you know, UFO, Strangers in the Night, Thin Lizzy's Live and Dangerous, go on and on with all the great live albums. And we all know they've been doctored, but we all still love them as classic live albums. We'd all put them in our top 10 and, and say, this is fantastic. I listened to this in my youth. It's a brilliant album. It's got all the greatest hits on. I still play it. So what does it matter? I say, what does it matter? As long as you enjoy it and it speaks yeah. to you and as long as the show is good, you have a memorable night, then, then that's it. If you didn't enjoy it, well, then fine. But I think at the end of the day, if someone else enjoyed it, well, let them enjoy it, even if you didn't. Yeah. So. And some, some bands will just stand on stage with nothing else going on. And other bands will they'll have a lot of backdrops and animals coming on and people in suits and there's lots of stuff going on. There's fire. So everything gets enhanced for the show. At the end of the day, it's a show. It's theater. It's you're going out. You're going out for a good time. There's people now going out to see ABBA as avatars. It's not the real band. It's avatars are paying a huge amount of money to see it because they want to see, they want a good, they want a night out. They want a good show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which I've said this all along with the whole hologram thing, presented the right way. Yeah. Yeah. To be with Kiss, for example, a night of Kiss. If you do a hologram, if you do that, Celebration of Kiss, make it a two-hour show minimum. Make it so that the holograms are different points in time in their history, different songs, and have like storyteller things in between. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and even have Gene and Paul come out and talk at certain points in time. I think where the Dio hologram went wrong and I'll say this over and over again. They headlined here 20 minutes from my house. They had Ripper Owens. They had only Logan. And they had the hologram. And they only played 50 minutes. Mm. That's ridiculous. It should have been, if you've got the hologram, if you've got two other singers, plus you've got a kick-ass band like they do, there's no reason why that shouldn't have been more than 90 minutes, more than 120 minutes. Absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah. Just play. They could have played 30 minutes of Dio as a live concert first. Right. So you watch a little bit of Dio, you get used to him and, and maybe even him talking. We got interviewed many times. Yeah. Do, you know, make, make it into a proper show that you go to and, and you think you come away and you think you've had the whole experience of Dio. You, yeah. you know all about him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I, I think that they're, they've missed the, the boat on that, but we'll see how all of this evolves. Yeah, Dio's Disciples at a festival. You got to see them. They were okay. Last in line is awesome. Yeah, uh, I've seen Last in line. They, they are really good live. But see, here's the other thing, too. I, I don't remember if we've talked about, because I've talked to so many people about Diamond Star Halos already. I don't remember yeah. if we discussed it at all, but. Um, not having Vivian Campbell write a single note mm. on the album is a huge mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, spot on. That album to me is so disappointing. I've lost a you know a lot of interest in Def Leppard over the years, and I liked a lot of their early stuff, like you, High and Dry is is up there in in my top twenty of yeah. all time. You know, it's a fantastic album. I'll, I'll play it regularly. And I like Pyromania and, and one or two others that came after that. But the recent stuff has been garbage and it's embarrassing. It is totally embarrassing. And I'll say now, this current album is absolute horseshit. If they think they could just, I mean, basically Def Leppard could just record anything they like and they're going to sell many tens of thousands of copies and get in the top 10. And it's just awful stuff. Awful. There are two or three decent tracks on the album, which you'd yeah. expect for a band of that stature. But I don't want to go and see them live if they're going to play anything else off that album that isn't the two or three good tracks because it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think the first song, which was the second single, is by far the best song on, on the album. I think they're the yeah. perfect example of a band. That should have just released an EP. And the other thing, too, with not wanting Vivian to record anything. Okay. Yeah. So so here's the thing. The big claim to fame with Phil Collin is that he helped write Hysteria. Okay. Very well. Fine and dandy. Yes, it was their biggest selling album. Okay. Different period of time. But you mm. still had Steve Clark in the band. You still had Mutt Lang around to yeah. guide ship. And yeah. unfortunately, this is the perfect band that needs a producer to come in and say, look, you're not getting radio play anymore. The soccer moms don't give a fuck about your new music. Okay. Mm. The only people that keep buying your music are diehards, which you keep letting down album after album. Yeah. No one's asking you to record high and dry. No one's yeah. asking you to record Pyromania or Hysteria even. Yeah. Uh, but give them a rock album. Just give them something to remind them why they loved you to begin with. Yeah, it's, it's, right, it's writing songs that have a decent chorus. You know, I mean, a lot of these uh, songs on that album, they just don't have anything you can sing along with. No, yeah, they're boring and you can't, you don't remember them. What's the point? <laughs> I, I agree. And they're all like the same tempo. They, the argument with this album is the same argument I had with the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Every song, you don't know which song is which because they're all equally as boring. They bleed one into the other. And you think, didn't I just hear this song already? It's another track and it starts out and it's, wow. I, I remember looking at it and I'm like, shit, this is 15 songs? Both albums are, I think, 15, 15 tracks long. And I mm. remember five songs to go with Diamond Star Halos, and I'm thinking, is she, I, I'm forcing myself to listen to these last five songs just yeah. in case. But I hate this so far. It's just boring because there are people, oh, this is their best album in 30 years. It's, and I'm thinking, no, it, it actually isn't. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Um, you see what? There's a lot of people out there who think that is rock music. You know, Def Leppard, oh, they're a massive band. I must buy their latest album. 
And they yep. forget that for every Def Leppard album that's, that's out that week, there's another 50 to 100, maybe 1,000 bands who've released albums. And we know because we're listening to that sort of stuff right. week in, week out and playing it regularly. And, and nobody out there is listening to the new stuff. And it's so annoying because... Yeah, when band, when bands get lazy, you don't mind if a great band from from a great old band releases a great album. That's a fantastic thing. We'll always say this is a, something to listen to. We're, we hope Ozzy's new album is going to be fantastic, and we can just turn around and say this is going to be this is the album of the week because it's not because it's a great album. Yeah, yeah. There's so much better stuff out there, and to see Def Leppard in the charts with it is just so annoying. It's aggravating. No, I agree with you. And I'm trying to think, let me check out what other albums came out that same week. Because, for example, the album that I wrote about today is the new Creator album. It's a different kind of music. It's thrash metal. Yeah. But it's a band that's been around for quite some time. And they put out a great album. I, I really think it's an album a lot of people are going to throw up there in their end of year list. Last week's Crowbot album that I wrote about, I thought that is a fantastic album. Yeah. Um, Trying to see here. Okay, so there's the new Michael Shanker album that came out last week, the new Coheed and Cambria, Mark Tremonti Sinatra album, the Simon McBride who's playing with uh, Deep Purple, Honey Bee, which is Scott Ian's 10-year-old son's band, and there's a bunch more. Even this week, there was a lot of different things that, that came out. I listened to a few albums. The Creator stood out to me by far. Yeah. My, my, my new thing is I'm going to continuously talk about The Lazy Listener. Yeah, even the Anvil album that came out a few weeks back is better than the Def Leppard album. At least yeah. it's fun. You know, it's, it's a yeah. fun album. Which yes. is what Anvil do, you know. That you you can put on an Anvil album and you'll just enjoy it, and and there's a smile on your face. There wasn't a smile on my face listening to the Def Leppard album. And before I get death threats from all the Def Leppard fans, I love them live. They are a great live act, and I appreciate what they've done for British music and and British rock and metal. They they have they they are a flag bearer. Just stop making this shit. Yeah, yeah. The well, the again. They need to let Vivian write more music because we've seen last in line in the River Dogs that he still has a passion for writing music. Unfortunately, in Def Leppard, he's comfortable with being an employee. Yeah. He he doesn't want to have to save up to own that cheap Ferrari anymore. He wants to make sure that he gets paid for, (laughs) for a decent Ferrari. Man, I read that and I'm thinking. Yeah. What an asinine statement. Do you understand how many people can afford a Ferrari? Even the cheap one? Sorry for for that being an issue for you, but <laughs> just, Yeah. Yeah. Just, but yeah, so they're a band that never going to get that radio hit anymore. So just give fans what they want. Again, Blue Oyster Cult put out an album last year. I've yet to check it out, but from oh. all accounts Everyone says it's dynamite. I it's stunning. At- it's stunning. Yeah. I, I loved it. In fact, I tried to get hold of it recently because I missed the boat originally and, and struggling to get a vinyl copy of it because it, it got sold out. But it really is a good mix of, of tracks. There's some really heavy stuff on there. There's some you know fun stuff. There's some just some mellow stuff. Really good album. Really good. Yeah. Th- there's also the case of Def Leppard's Firepower, which I think was... Again, an amazing album as well. ACDC's uh, Power Up, I think, was really well. So these are bands that have been around for decades, and they're still putting out good music. I'm not saying that every single album they release is good. Yeah, or, yeah. But I think these examples are great albums for, for yeah, we- all the issues that I have with Last in Line and them ripping me off. I still think that there are two albums that they've released. I think the first one is great. I think the second one is good. I think that the second one is missing the Jimmy Bain touch. Unfortunately, Bill Susan isn't isn't in the same league, the same caliber as Jimmy Bain was. And I think that's, you notice that. But 
Def Leppard. Yeah, there's so much hype around Def Leppard as well when they release the album and then it's such a letdown. Whereas at least with, like you mentioned, ACDC, we've been waiting for a great ACDC album for quite a while now and it really was. And and it is an album I I play again and again and they got the songs, they they finally got it, they got it right on this album and that's good because we all love a bit of ACDC in our life and, you know, but... (laughs) Def Leppard, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna labor the point, but I don't like it. <laughs> as as the famous Malcolm Young quote from the '90s, someone asked Malcolm about the advent of alternative rock and the popularity of some of the bands that had come along, and Malcolm said, "Sure, these bands are great." He says, "You can listen to REM all day long, but late at night when you're in your room with your with your wife or your girlfriend." You're listening to ACDC when you're with her. You're not listening to REM. No knock on REM. I listen. I was listening to REM not that long ago. Hey, let's see. What else? What, what are some of these other points? Oh, you have been out to see some pretty cool shows lately. Thanks to you. I actually yeah. my uh, Cult Beyond Good and Evil t-shirt yesterday. Been listening to the Cult off and on since you sent me that clip. And I'm a mm. huge fan of the Cult. So I was uh, hugely envious. Of of Jeremy seeing the cult with Alice Cooper, yeah, yeah, it was, it was an interesting show because I wasn't certain I was going to go, and then I kind of got my ticket at the last minute, and I was really glad that I did because all three bands were good. A support band called Creeper that I wasn't um, particularly familiar with their stuff beforehand, and then I listened to to quite a bit on Spotify, and I wasn't very keen on it to be honest. It wasn't my kind of thing, but live they were very good. If if they are supporting a band near you, you're going to have a good night because they were very energetic, enthusiastic, and, and played a short set and perfectly enjoyable stuff. And then the cult came on, and they were a local band, really. Obviously, Billy Duffy's from Manchester. I was very surprised. They were much much better than I was imagining they were going to be because I'd read. A lot of stuff that Ian Asprey's voice was not quite as good these days. And they played a few shows a few years back that were not top stuff. But right. this was, they were really, they'd got their shit together. They were really good. They looked cool. They just played hit after hit. They didn't mess about. They didn't play all the new stuff. They just played the stuff that we wanted to hear. And it right. was great. And they finished off with stuff off the electric album. And it's just, it was just a great show. And then, then Alice came on, and Alice was Alice. It was great. Oh, who's the guitarist? It's Nita. Nita Strauss. Nita Strauss, yeah, yeah. On guitar, and the, he puts on a good show, as you can imagine, gets his head cut off as usual, and played all the hits, and people were singing along. It wasn't full. Obviously, this kind of show's aimed more at the older crowd, and I think right. uh, a few people I was talking to were a little bit tentative about going out and mixing but they, they did it. I'm assuming that the people who didn't go, there was some empty seats around. The, the upper tier was all empty. The, the lower tier was three quarters full and the floor was full. They could have got in quite a few thousand more people. But whoever went enjoyed themselves because I did. It was fantastic. Yeah, so I'm looking at the cult set and yeah. it basically centers on three albums. It centers yeah. on, on Love, Electric, and yeah. Sonic Temple. That's it. Yeah. Because Sun King, Automatic Sun, Blue, Sweet Soul Sun King, Earth, yeah. Yeah. Soul Asylum, Edie Chow Baby, Aphrodisiac Jacket, Little Devil, Wildflower, Firewoman, Revolution, Rain, She Sells Sanctuary, and Love Removal Machine. So yeah. technically, off of Love, it's two songs. And off of The Electric, it's one, two, three. Four. So four, that's six, six out of 13 songs. So that's seven songs off of Sonic Temple. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. That's the cult pretty much saying, hey, we're back. We don't have a new album yet. Showing everyone we're back. And I think the thing with the cult, the mistake that they make is that in a lot of these bands, and I get it, it's money. They, you gotta, you, Billy has to pay for all those cool leather jackets and triumph motorcycles that he has and all the other accoutrements that he's showing off on the internet. But man, I think on some of these tours, they do just way too many dates and you see some of the footage. And I think Ian's voice has gone more because of that. Yeah. Too yeah. Many shows. And also he's had his issues with 
different substances and alcohol over the years. If you're doing too many shows, if you're tired and you're still partying after the shows, then that yeah. shows your voice, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah. They, they, it took a little while for the crowd to get going, to be honest. I think because it was an older crowd, they, a lot of people sat down. There was a few people at the front who was, got up and stood immediately when they came on. But they, it took a little while for them to warm it, warm up the crowd. And also there was a slight mistake with the very first song where the bass started and then it cut out. And so the band was unsure whether to continue or to wait until... They could get it back in and eventually i think they, they swapped the base and then put in a new base and then because obviously it was it's it's sun king isn't it and it has that yeah. base yeah it has that bass line at the beginning which you really need to hear so we heard yeah. a very a small snippet of it and then there was a, a gap and then he came in again with it and eventually it got going and it was a bit of a slight problem at the beginning but yeah it was well, once they got the crowd warmed up it was it was fantastic and they said towards the end Asprey mentioned that they've got a new album coming out soon and that they would be going on a headline tour as well so i'll definitely be going to see them again because they're great yeah absolutely definitely one of my all-time favorites and then you got to see another show which was yeah. a little smaller yeah. So this was only about three days later on a Monday night in uh, Northwich, which is where I live in mid Cheshire. And so mm -hmm. you can imagine that these sort of shows, they, they don't get big crowds anyway, but on a Monday night, it's going to be your diehards. And, and there were only a few diehards there. There was probably no more than 10 or 15 people. Oh, wow. um, in the, it was in a very small, and apparently they played there before, but I'll tell you, yeah, the bands were uh, Thaddeus Gonzalez, who's on the Ripple music label. There was Fast Bobby, which is, I mean, they're all American bands, all three of them. And then the, the headliner was a, an all-female outfit called Killdeer. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. They all played as if there was thousands in the room, which is always, Thaddeus had a chat with the crowd beforehand, and he had a chat with me, and we communicated on, on Twitter. He got up on the tables, my table, in fact, I had to move my drink out of the way while he was singing. And then Fat Fast Bobby were a bit more of a mellow sort of country style rock band with a female singer, but perfectly enjoyable, really, you know, okay. good stuff. And then I say Killdeer came on and, and they play a little bit more punky sort of rock. And it was great. And whoever was there really enjoyed it. As I say, the probably wasn't many more than 15 people in the room, plus the staff and the band themselves, because each band watched the other band as well. Right. Uh, so it's great. But they're on a little mini tour of the UK, so perhaps they played to bigger crowds in other places. They played Weekend, they would have got more people to see them. But I've actually got Thaddeus Gonzalez's album as well, and it, and it's really good. I really like it. He's, he's a very good songwriter. His songwriting makes up for his singing. His singing is good, but he sometimes has a slightly off-key note to his singing which you get used to it after a while. He has an American lilt to his voice as well. But his songs, some of his songs are really good. Okay. And another thing that we've talked about that I wanted to bring up is the show No Cover, which, uh, yeah. Yeah. which I've been watching and I know that you've been checking out as well. Yeah. Uh, I know that from talking to other people, I know, for example, this past week, uh, did you get to see the last episode? I don't want to give it away. Not yet, no. I've watched the others, but not the latest yet. Oh, so I'm not going to mention too many details here because I don't want to give it away. But I know that a lot of people have been upset with the fact that there haven't been like too many pure like rock or like hard rock or, or metal bands that right. are getting through and that given... You know, that since there's Alice Cooper and Lizzie Hale, for example, that people wanted something more along those lines. And unfortunately, it hasn't happened. They've There have been a few, but few and far between. I think the premise of the show is really good. And I think that obviously they're already taking submissions for season two. I think this show will just get better as time goes on. Because as they, you have to factor in that the show was recorded two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. It all was recorded during the pandemic. So I, I think that given all the time, because the it was also shot to networks and no one picked it up. And that's why it was on YouTube. But 
I do think that whatever mistakes they feel that they've made with season one, if they feel that there are any mistakes, they'll improve upon it. I have no issue with the variety. I do think that there are certain acts that we've seen where I'm like, yeah, I don't know that that's really as good as what they make it out to be. It (laughs) makes me question whether they're told that they need to root or for or to vote for certain people. But overall, I think it's a fun show and I like it because we're finding bands that we probably wouldn't come across of any other way. Yeah, and all the bands are playing live, which is good. And obviously they're a little nervous to play in front of the stars and, and that, you know, it adds a little bit of excitement to it. It's a very, they rattle through the bands very quickly at the beginning, which, and I like the variety of music and you know, I don't necessarily want to see just metal and rock. It's fine. I'll listen to anything as long as it's good. I think we had in the second or third show, there, there was a female singer who just sang on her own with no backing and she was really good. Sometimes they do seem to pick their favorites, which seem to be completely at odds with the ones in my mind, but maybe I'm not a professional like them and I'm not in the room listening to them. So that's a, you know, another thing at the end of the day they pick who they want to pick and there's four or five of them on the panel and and they decide but yeah i agree with you i think it's a really good show and i've really enjoyed and i think that they i like that little bit in the second part of the show as well where they have the sort of industry professionals who quiz them about it as well and find a little bit more about them and and they do well because a lot of them they've played live before but many of them haven't done this kind of thing and it's good and as i say there's a lot of talent out there huge amount of talent yeah, and, and there are some of them that it's this is actually their first show on the no cover. Yeah. Uh, program. So it's yeah. interesting how there's a mix of all of that kind of stuff going on. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was just thinking, I, I wish they'd do a UK version of it because we have these sort of talent shows over here, but they're nowhere near as good as that. We, we've got stuff that's similar, but it, I like the format of this show. And I think I wish. Someone would copy that and do it. Do a British version of it. Who knows if it becomes successful? Given the rich music culture in the UK, yeah, uh, I could see them doing it. I could see them doing this much. They do the Voice or or British Idol or any of those yeah. variations that they do throughout the world. It would be cool to see yeah. them do this because, again, like you said, it's original music. They're showcasing their music. As opposed to someone just doing it. I remember hearing somebody say years ago when it came to American Idol, for example, they said, yeah, this is great. You've learned to copy someone's voice for years, but what does your own music sound like? What does your voice sound like as opposed to you mimicking somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You need to you need to hear their music, and, and that, that's a good side of it. Yeah. There you go. Brad is saying that there needs to be a Swedish version with Johan as one of the judges. Careful what you wish for, Brad. They may end up doing a no cover Utah, and they'll have you on <laughs> the uh, judges. Can you imagine that? Brad will 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 tell them he's going to die, but not from your music. <laughs> <laughs> Although you've taken years off of his life with that, with that chorus you've written. Anything else on your mind that uh, you wanted to discuss before we wrap things up? No, I can't think of anything offhand, really. I think we've covered all the main points that we wanted to chat about. Just so I'll be listening to a lot of music over the next week, and most of it will be listed on your site. Hopefully picks a new patron's pick on uh, Thursday for for next Friday's uh, podcast. Yeah, and next week we do have another patron special talking about thrash music. We're going to be voting on the top 10 thrash bands of all time. And yeah, I I had made a decision earlier in the day that we were going to be moving away from Fireside for the pre-show. And then Fireside contacts me uh, late in the afternoon saying that, uh, oh yeah, we fixed that issue. Please give it a... Please give it a try and give us some feedback. I, I, I don't know. This is probably a discussion that's probably best off air, but I, I think Fireside gives us, there. there's a lot of pros and cons there. The pros are mm-hmm. that it's a platform that one works well, but to get there, you have to jump through different hoops. You can only have an Apple device. You can, there's a series of yeah. things. 
Yeah. Whereas I think if we do everything from here, it'll be much easier for us to, to work with. And if we happen to have enough guests, or if we, we could have you guys on like we always do, and then have the second hour with a guest on. So I, I think that's a pretty cool concept too. And also there's going to be probably times where, depending on how things work out, I may start to post uh, recorded interviews. So we'll see how this all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it'd be, I think also a, an interesting idea might be to record questions for your guests so that, for instance, I could just record a little snippet like you've got now with me here and just asking a question and then they answer the question but they see you putting the question to them, which might be quite an interesting concept. That's something that can actually be done because I can incorporate mm. videos without a problem. Not a bad uh, suggestion. I've actually thought of that with, with Trivia Tuesday, actually, with okay. getting certain artists to, to ask questions and then, and then have them provide the question and then the correct answer and maybe play the video so that when the question is asked, you'll see them ask it as opposed to having me ask the question. That'd be cool. Can you imagine Joey Vera asking a question about Armored Saints or something, and then you, you have three answers, and that would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> the it's funny you mention Armored Saint because I didn't think of Joey Vera, but I thought of John Bush when I hmm. thought of the concept. So we weren't that far off from one another. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. I do want to thank uh, you, Jeremy, for joining me tonight. I want to thank Brad, who's in the chat. Jose was in the chat earlier as well. And there are other people that have been watching. I see that there are five viewers. They haven't chimed in. But either way, thank you for watching live or listening to the replay or watching the replay. We're going to be evolving this as we always do. That's the uh, cool thing about being an independent podcast, where if we need to pivot, we can. And uh, so just uh, bear with us in the next few weeks. There will be some exciting changes, I think. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for this episode. Anything you want to say before I sign off here, Jeremy? No, just everybody keep rocking because that's what we need to do. Awesome. On that note, thanks once again. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream, Mars Attacks podcast. See you. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 